You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by PrimroseLeaf.com, multi-use nutritional supplements for immune system and overall good health, youth, beauty, longevity, PrimroseLeaf.com. Now, before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today, rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. Well, my guest today is Gene Stone, a former Peace Corps volunteer, journalist, and book, magazine, and newspaper editor, and is a New York Times bestselling author. He has written, co-written, and even ghostwritten more than 45 books on a wide variety of subjects, but for the last decade, he has concentrated on plant-based diets and their relationship to health, animal protection, and the environment. So among these books are Forks Over Knives, How Not to Die, Animal Kind, Living the Farm Sanctuary Life, Mercy for Animals, and Eat for the Planet, to name a few. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome our esteemed guest today, Gene Stone. Welcome to the show. I'm really glad you've got me here. (laughs) Well, I'm really intrigued because I have talked to others about veganism and vegetarianism, but I'm very intrigued with your new book because it's titled Seven, 72 Reasons to Be Vegan, Why Plant-Based? Why Now? So, Gene, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then let's get into the book. Sure. Um, well, for me, veganism is about a 15-year journey now. Um uh, the, uh, many years ago, my uh, one of my agents called me up and asked me if I wanted to write a book with a vegan firefighter in Texas who had uh, gotten his entire firehouse to go vegan. And being in Texas, yeah, and probably knowing firefighters, you probably know that most firefighters don't go vegan. But right. these guys all did. And I met this guy, Rip Esselstyn. I wrote a book with him called The Engine 2 Diet. And that book... Um, was really my beginning because um, I feel, you know, participatory journalism is a good thing. If I'm going to be writing about something, I should be doing it. So I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll try this vegan thing, see how it works. And man, you know, it really took um, because it was uh, the factor that reduced my cholesterol level by about 40%. Then I learned more about animal protection. I started working about the animals and I started becoming involved with environmental issues. Um, And the fourth pillar of veganism, athletic performance, isn't really my thing because I'm probably never going to be an Olympic athlete. I did discover (laughs) that a lot of athletes are now doing veganism too. So it really became, um, you know, it was all these four things intrigued me and man, you know, once you get hooked on something like this, you're hooked. You know, it's amazing because, you know, you brought up the fourth one about uh, athletics. And you're right. More and more professional athletes are becoming vegan. And in the very beginning of all of that, many of the trainers were very, very worried that these athletes were not going to get enough nutrition or they were not going to get enough protein to help maintain 
uh, muscle mass and, but you know, a lot of them, I think they've lost, you know, weight that they probably didn't need to carry. Uh, others, I believe like, um, probably, uh, formula one world champion, Lewis Hamilton, who is now vegan, you know, that keeps their weight down because weight has a, has a lot to do with those that are in auto racing. Cause every pound or every ounce matters when it comes to speed and timing. But, uh, you're right. It is, it, you know, it's not, uh, as foreign as it used to be, but I'm not interested. Not no, I mean, it's literally part of our society. Now I've talked to many, many of those who are vegan. I've talked to many of those who are vegetarian and everybody says the same thing. They feel great. So what are some of the 72 reasons to be vegan? Well, we do divide it up into those four categories. Um, so we have uh, health issues, we have um, animal ones, we have environmental ones, we have athletic performance. We also, you know, we have fun. One of the chapters is called Dude, Your Erections at Better Longer. <laughs> and by the way, we also say girls, your clitoris at orgasms. So we also cover sex. Um, wow. We, we talk a lot about the fact that, um, well, here's a chapter title. It's cheaper and better than buying a Tesla because, you know, people know that an electronic car may be a really good deal, but maybe going vegan is better. And we pepper the book with facts like in that chapter, the total greenhouse gas emissions associated with a single charbroiled hamburger is the equivalent to driving an 18-wheeler for 143 miles. Wow. Um, we really try to uh, put a lot of facts in here. In fact, we have, I think, at the back of the book, something like 150 footnotes. Because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're just making this stuff up. But we're not. We did a lot of research. And as you said in my introduction, this is really my uh, 10th book in the area. So I have immersed myself very thoroughly in these facts. You know, I think that in today's time, and, and of course, I'm in wellness, so I see this all the time, but, you know, more and more people are waking up to the fact that the very things that we eat have a direct effect upon our health, upon our mental state, uh, even, of course, you know, in the last year, upon our immune system. And, you know, and again, like you and I had just just said, you know, veganism is not as far as it used to be. It's now part of mainstream society. And a lot, a lot more people are, I don't want to, I guess, would you say more people are jumping on the, the bandwagon? But let me ask you this. Why are we seeing more people become vegan? Um, well, that's a great question. And I don't think there's a single answer. Certainly, there are a lot more people like me <laughs> writing about it. I'd like to think that has some effect. But even more so, I think what's going on uh, is very related to what you just said. Um, older doctors um, didn't get any nutrition uh, courses in, in, in their uh, um, training. It's only recently that doctors have begun to realize that there is this absolutely direct link between nutrition, diet, and health. To us, that seems so obvious but it hasn't ever really been part of the medical curriculum. But one of the things we're discovering is that a lot of doctors are now really clued into, yeah, what you eat is going to have an effect on your health. They're telling this to their patients. Their patients are looking into this idea that eating more plants, eating more fruits, vegetables, legumes, and whole grains is really going to make an enormous difference in their health because it does. 
Yeah, it does. And I think the number one health factor above all factors is obesity. And from obesity, you know, you and I know that with that type of condition, there's going to be cases of high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, high cholesterol, high triglycerides. There's going to be uh, joint pain. There's going to be joint destruction because of the extra weight. There's going to be poor gut health. I mean, it just, you know, it just... It's like obesity, if it was if it was basically the sun, I mean, everything around it just continues to be uh, increased in, in a very bad way. But people who start to choose veganism and actually learn the art of veganism really see this dramatic turnaround in the overall health. And you said it, Gene, doctors have no clue when it comes to nutrition. And I, and I want to throw this out there real quick. I have uh, talked to someone who had gastric bypass surgery and what they were not told is that many people who have that condition end up with deficiencies in vitamin B1 and B12 and she ended up with very severe neuropathy and the doctors just give her pain medication for that and she literally felt like she wanted to cut her legs off and by in by giving her B vitamin B1 and B12 within six days all that neuropathy went away just because it was a nutritional problem that the doctors didn't realize because they are not trained there. And I think now, Gene, don't you believe that doctors need to start looking into veganism in a way to add that to treatment plans for their patients? Oh, totally. I think that uh, one of the things we want to do with the book, again, 72 Reasons to Be Vegan, is mm-hmm. um, I want to get this out to the medical community. And I actually have been talking to a number of doctors who may not be vegan themselves, but are vegan friendly, vegan curious. Some of them actually are vegan and trying to get this book out to them so they can pass it around to to their colleagues. And it was the same thing with a book I wrote with Dr. Michael Greger, How Not to Die, in which we go over the 15 leading causes of death in America and show how a plant-based diet can prevent and reverse each one of those. You know, what I love about this book is the title is so grabbing. And I think for a lot of people, you know, it intrigues them and those that have never stepped foot into veganism, or maybe they've, maybe they, you know, got their foot wet with vegetarianism and maybe they did it for a while, but 72 reasons. I love that. It's just like really just driving the point home, why it's so important. And, you know, you've covered so many factors in this book that it's literally mind boggling that uh, I think when people read it, they're like, yeah, I need to be doing this. <laughs> yeah. One of the things we try to make clear, though, is that you don't have to go told Turkey. Both Kathy Preston, the co-author, and my good friend and I feel very strongly that, you know, what we're trying to say to people is be conscious about your eating choices. Understand their relationship to your health and, and to the environment. And if you want to go further to, to, to animals, but you don't have to go cold turkey. You can think about it. We talk about crowding out rather than cutting out. In other words, the more plants, the more fruits, vegetables, legumes you add to your diet, then the less likely you are to have animal agriculture and animal protein and things that may not be as good for you. So it really isn't, we're saying, we're not saying, hey, you've got to do this. We're, we're really saying, come on, <laughs> just try it. Think about it. You know, you know? I, I love that, Gene, because <clears throat> I hate to say this, but 
There are vegans out there that literally have the militant mindset for their lifestyle. And, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, vegans are weird, but I like, <laughs> I like your approach because that's exactly how we need to introduce a better eating lifestyle to people is like, look, you don't have to go full bore with it, but just, just think about some of the choices. And you know, some of the things that I suggest for people is, you know, start with breakfast, get that under control, get it healthy, and then you can move on to lunch. And eventually you're going to start seeing a lot of changes, but I love your approach to this. It is spot on. And so, you know, but tell us something because I want to know, you know, is there something that we don't already know about being vegan that we should know about being vegan? Well, I think that um, certainly vegans know probably most of this. Um, I like to think of the 72 reasons in the book. Um, very few people know every single one of them, because if they did, there really wasn't much point to writing the book. Um, so, <laughs> You're educating people, Gene. That's your job. <laughs> <laughs> it is my job, and I, and I really like it. But it, again, I, I want to just reiterate the point that we're making because it's a very powerful one and an important one. Um, and yes, you're right. There are some vegans who just take it to the limit and, and make other people crazy. There's that old joke, how do you know if somebody's a vegan? Don't worry about it. They'll tell you. Exactly. <laughs> That's the truth. Right. <laughs> or, or invite them over for dinner and you'll find out real fast. <laughs> right. They'll never come to your house for dinner again. Look, again, what we really want people to do is just be conscious. Think about, you know, if you read 72 Reasons and it really re resonates with you, think about it. Then maybe tomorrow, instead of having a hamburger, you'll get an Impossible Burger. Or maybe instead of having eggs for breakfast, you'll have oats for breakfast. You know, you can make these uh, gradual changes and see how it feels. I find that for most people, it feels really, really good. But it's a transition for some. For other people, they're probably most of the way there. I talk to some people who, when they actually start thinking about what they eat, they're eating a plant-based diet already. They just hadn't realized it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I think that uh, your book is bringing a lot of these things to light. It's kind of funny. I laughed when, when you mentioned that you had a, a chapter in there or mentioned that, uh, you know, veganism can help men with better erections and, and help women as well. But, and it's kind of funny, but it's the absolute truth that, you know, we hear about men and rarely women, but you know, they go in for bypass surgery. Maybe they have a stent put into their heart because of a clogged artery, but a lot of men don't realize as they get older, sometimes that clogged artery is not in their heart. It's down below. And that's the reason why they have that problem. And if they start changing their diet, reducing the cholesterol, they'll start seeing that plaque go away. And then voila, things come back to life. There, there are a lot of doctors who are now saying that plants are the new Viagra. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I always thought chocolate was, but no, you're right. <laughs> plants, <laughs> plants are. <laughs> By the way, that's a chapter in, in, in the book. We talk about, yeah, you can still have your chocolate. because hey, I love that. I love, well, yeah. well, let me, let me ask you this because, um, you mentioned bad fads and why we should not be following them. Explain. Well, we talk about the keto diet, which, um, you know, sounds like one of these great new things, but it's really just the same thing as the low carb Atkins diet from 50 right. years ago. And basically it's saying avoid carbohydrates, but the problem with that is you avoid carbohydrates. You really put your 
health at, at, at risk, um, particularly for diabetes and heart disease. And in the book, we quote a number of studies from places like the American Heart Association saying that if you eat a low-carb, high-animal protein diet, you basically increase your risk of heart failure by as much as 40 to 50%. So this keto thing, and the difference of veganism isn't a fad. This is a trend that is just growing. Keto is just another one of these fads that will fade eventually, just like all these other diets fads do. I remember there was that grapefruit diet from years ago. Oh, yeah. There's so many of these wacky diets out there, but they go away. Veganism isn't going away. In fact, um, a lot of people I know who are futurists and they make their living trying to predict what's going to happen feel that veganism is eventually going to not just be a trend, but it's going to be the predominant um, uh, diet for uh, most Americans. You know, it it's funny. Um you know, when you look at the stats out there on animal protein and, and it'll say millions upon millions of pounds of uh, animal protein are eaten per day. And I start looking at the numbers and I, I really wish I had the, the numbers in front of me. But when you start looking at the numbers, I started thinking, well, there's not that many cows on the planet for that. <laughs> and then you start wondering why, and then you start putting two, two and two together. You're thinking, oh, so that's why the pink slime was invented to make up for what we think is real and it's not. And, you know, when we look around, we see plants and it was funny. Well, actually, it's not really funny, Gene, but, you know, during the pandemic, when it first hit a year ago, and everybody rushed to the uh, the supermarket to buy water and toilet paper and stock up on processed foods. The very department that people literally walked through and ignored was the produce department. It was completely full. They didn't run out, run out of produce. Everybody literally skipped that area when, hey, there was life-giving foods right in front of you and you didn't even notice. Right, 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 right. And by the way, um, for those people who might be listening to this who are saying, I'll never give up steak, uh, <laughs> there's a whole other area of, um, of animal protection work where uh, it's called um, clean meat, where they're developing from laboratories cells from animals so that they can create a hamburger or a steak without ever killing an animal. That may not be as much a health issue as an animal protection one, but mm-hmm. I would say within five years, you'll be able to go to the store and get a really nice filet mignon, that's what you want to have, um, that comes from a uh, cell rather than from killing a cow. Yeah, I, I believe that. And, you know, and I think we're starting to slowly see that. And I think one of the biggest things that people are noticing is that as the world the world's population continues to grow, I think we're over, what, seven and a half billion now, and, yeah. you know, they're looking at within the next few years, it could be, you know, nine, 10 billion people. And one of the biggest issues right now is the food supply. And, um, and I think veganism is one of those things that for a lot of people, uh, they need to look into, um, because as the world population explodes, so does, uh, a lot of the health issues, not just age-related issues, but things like obesity and heart disease and diabetes, which are very, and cancer, which are directly linked to one's 
eating habits. And, you know, with your book, 72 Reasons to Be Vegan, you know, to me, one of the biggest reasons is your health, your longevity. You know, when I see people who are, you know, it's funny. I always give someone the idea that think of someone who is 65 years of age. One looks like they're 65. The other one looks like they're 45 and try to figure out why. And it's usually their lifestyle choices. And your book actually opens up that door for us to make the right choice. Yes, we, we, we very much try to make that clear. And um, regarding what you just said, in fact, one, one of our chapters is that you can help solve world hunger by doing this. So a lot of these choices you make for your own health, or maybe you make for an animal, but you're also making choices that affect the rest of the world. We don't live in isolation. And when you do decide on what you're going to eat, it has ramifications far beyond that particular meal. Yeah, well, actually give us some ideas um, or some of the research you came across of that. How can being vegan help the world? Well, you know, the population of the world is going to be almost uh, 10 billion by 2050. And the fact of the matter is that animal agriculture takes up too much space, too much money, creates too much pollution. And if you just cut out the uh, the middlemen or the, or in that case, the middle cow, yeah. instead of eating the cow, we just eat what goes the cow eats. And then we get rid of the cow when we just eat that, the plants, etc. cetera. Um, we end up saving um, enormous amounts of water and land. We cut out pollution and we produce more food. So if we think we're going to feed 10 billion people in 2050, um, we have to realize we're not going to be able to do it with the animal agricultural business as it stands now. Yeah. You know, even with the things that they feed the animals, you know, they are, you know, most animals, you know, the public needs to realize they are not range free. They're not walking around in a, in a beautiful pasture. They are in cramped conditions and barns and manufacturing facilities where they are literally fed for one reason only, and that is to get them to the store and on your plate. And, and not just uh, fed, but also pumped up with antibiotics, which right. also increases our resistance to antibiotics, which is also another health issue. So you're right. When people think about a free-range chicken, they don't realize that that could mean that out of the 50,000 chickens in a facility, there is a hole in the wall where if they're lucky, they can find it and go outside for a moment. Yeah, you know, and it even, you know, when I even think about, um, you know, the, the fish industry and I see these labels saying wild caught, I'm like, no, they're not. They're raised on a farm. They let them go. They catch them to say that they're wild caught just to keep the marketing as honest as they can. But, but it's still, yeah. it's still false advertising. But, you know, what now in your book, uh, what are some of the absolute health benefits of going vegan? Um, that you have in your book that people can uh, grab a hold of? Uh, I mean, there are so many. Um, you know, we talk about how a vegan diet is richer in, uh, in nutrients. You get more vitamins, you get more uh, potassium, uh, magnesium, vitamins A, C, and E. Um, can help you lose weight. We were talked about the obesity epidemic in America. Um, eating vegan is uh, great for your weight. It can lower your blood sugar levels, it can improve your kidney function, it can protect against certain kinds of cancers, it's linked to a lower risk of heart disease, it can 
it can even reduce pain from arthritis. So, man, I mean, I could keep going, but there are lots of reasons to think about in terms of your health. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it, it's amazing that all of those things that you mentioned, every single one of them are linked to one another. You know, if someone has cardiovascular disease, if they're diabetic, they're going to be at risk for certain types of cancer. Of course, there's obesity. And, and, I, and I, you know, in the beginning of this interview, you know, you had mentioned how you want to see this book really make it into the hands of doctors. And I think one of the best things that this book should be is in every waiting hospital waiting room and doctor's office in America, because my gosh, the title is absolutely perfect. Gene, 72 reasons, ladies and gentlemen, I have to keep saying this over again. Think about it. 72 reasons to be vegan. I mean, you're literally convincing people that they can make the right choice and you're giving proof within the pages of what's going to happen when they do that. I, I would love to see this book in every waiting room. I keep thinking if I if only I could be like, remember Johnny Appleseed who were, went around the West planting apple trees. <laughs> yeah. I think of myself as yeah, genie uh, plant-based guy. And I just go around to every waiting room and leave behind a copy of the book. Well, what were there some of, when you were doing the research for the book, were there, were there certain topics or certain things about vegani veganism that uh, surprised you that you're like, oh, my gosh, this has to be one of the 72 reasons? Can you well, uh, think of some of those? I, I got to say, in all honesty, having this is maybe my 12th book on the subject. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not terribly surprised by any of this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all I can say, I guess maybe the only surprise to me would be that, um, and I don't even know if this is called a surprise. I would say it's more a validation. Uh -huh. is the more research I do, the more research I find that backs up everything that I started reading about 15 years ago. In other words, the trend hasn't been to disprove, the trend has been to further prove all of this medical advice about plant-based diets. Now what, now, what about you? When you started doing research 15 years ago and you're like, wow, okay, let me, you know, and I like the fact and I absolutely believe this, that if you're going to do research on a particular subject, uh, especially like this, you do want to live it because it gives you a whole new perspective as you're writing it. So for you, when you started getting into or practicing and, or I should say living, I guess in the beginning people practice veganism and then eventually it becomes a lifestyle. So when it became a lifestyle for you, what were some of the health, uh, improvements that you noticed in your own life? Well, I've always been in pretty good shape. I write about health and nutrition even before I was vegan. Um, but the one issue I had was I had a surprisingly high cholesterol level because I really wasn't paying as much attention. Um, I thought I was eating healthy when I was eating eggs and such. Um, so within, I think it was literally a month, my cholesterol level dropped from around 250 to 210. And, uh, I have a family history of very high cholesterol level. So in my family, 210 was the equivalent of basically having zero. And, and that was just such a surprise. And then when my doctor tested it, and I like my doctor, a good guy, but he's not nutrition oriented. And he just didn't believe me. You know, he, he's going, well, we got to take this test again because you yeah. didn't lose 40 points in a month. But I did. Wow. Are you kidding me? He did not believe it? It's just not in his training that that's what's going to happen. You don't have a 40-point difference in a test over the course of a month. So I said, look, I will make you a bet. And so we did it again. It came up at like 211. 
I should have bet him more money than I did. <laughs> you know, you're not the only one that I've ever talked to that that within four to six weeks, you can drop your cholesterol 40, 50, 60 points. It is doable. And, and you're just another proof of what I've always known that it can be done. And a lot of people out there need to realize it can be done, but it's, it begins with making the right choice with what you put in your mouth. Absolutely. And it's so important that people understand that instead of taking the pills and propping up the pharmaceutical industry, they can eat plants and it's better for them and it's healthier. And of course, it tastes really good. <laughs> well, it does. It does. Well, you know, I love, um, I want to ask you this because, you know, I believe that uh, as human beings, you know, we need to really focus on our body, mind, and spirit. So how can being vegan optimize our body, mind, and spirit? That's a really big question um, and a really good one. Um, as far as the body goes, I think we've talked about it. Uh, for the mind, um, one of the interesting things about veganism I learned doing this book with Dr. Greger is how a plant-based diet can actually um, uh, address issues of depression. And that there are certain spices, particularly saffron, that have been proved to be as efficacious in dealing with depression as Prozac. So there you go with your mind. Wow. And as far as your soul goes, you know, for me at least, just knowing that I am causing little harm on this earth as possible just really makes me feel good. And the other thing I can do is I can walk up to any animal, look them right in the eyes and say, don't worry. I'm not going to eat you. I'm not going to eat your friends. I'm not going to eat your buddies. I'm not going to eat anybody with like anything like you. And that feels really good. Well, you know, you know, one of the questions that I get about vegetarianism and especially with veganism, and uh, and let me know if you've addressed this in your book. How do people obtain their omega threes? Uh, we talk about that. Um, we talk about eating good fats. We talk about the um, including things like um, walnuts and um, avocados. Um, there are some vegans who don't like the idea of oil because they feel that um, you shouldn't be having any processed foods. Mm -hmm. Myself, I, I do have oils in, in my diet. So um, I feel pretty strongly about making sure that I do get enough fat. My weight is pretty much constant. I, I'm 5'11", I weigh 170 pounds. And one of the great things about a vegan diet is I don't count calories. I don't think about that because, you know, I'm not going to get fat from too much broccoli. You know, I'm not right. Exactly. Cauliflower. So, yeah. You know, it, it's you know a, I love the fact that I don't have to think about that stuff. I could eat to my heart's content and not gain any weight. Yeah. And you know what? That alone changes our, our thought process dramatically. I mean, think about it right now. Most of society is always on a diet. They're always thinking about, if they're thinking about the foods that they're eating, a lot of it comes with guilt. Um, they're eating something, they're like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have had that, blah, blah, blah. And But when you when you go vegan, you never have to think about that. You never have to give yourself the, the guilt complex about what you ate. Uh, if you want to eat a big bowl of salad, great. And ladies and gentlemen, just remember this veganism is not always eating 
a salad. When you, <laughs> when you start understanding the art, and I never say science because it's not science. It's an art when it comes to creating vegan meals. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who like to be in the kitchen, your creativity will go literally through the roof when you start going with a plant-based diet, you're going to you're going to be so amazed that you're not going to miss some of those protein foods that that uh, you know you've always craved. And you know it's kind of funny, Gene, because you brought up one of your first books with that firefighter in Texas, and and me being in Texas, there's a restaurant on every corner. <laughs> we are basically barbecue. You know, we are the barbecue state of America. And the list goes on and on and on. But, uh, you know, plant-based eating, that is where it's at. And, I mean, if you want to if you want to improve overall health, body, mind, and spirit, and longevity, this is the way to go. Uh, you said it. Um, you should be writing a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to call you. <laughs> well, where can all of my listeners... Get this amazing book, 72 Reasons to be Vegan, Why Plant-Based, Why Now? Where can we get it? Well, of course, if you're in a state where bookstores are open, you certainly can go to any bookstore. And of course, you can go online, whether it's Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And there's a site that's been created by the independent bookstores um, where you can support the independent bookstores online by going to their site as well. So anywhere you want to buy a book and i'm pretty sure you can even go to costco and get this book so i think you're going to find it's pretty easy to get this book i hope i really hope that you do get it you read it and man i just really really hope that some of your listeners start eating more plants because that would make me happy i think it would make you happy oh absolutely and you know ladies and gentlemen gene stone has a an esteemed career as one of the best writers in America. He has written another book on health. Praise the Lord for that. 72 reasons to be vegan. Why plant-based? Why now? Well, the time is now. And for those, for those of you listening, you've always wondered, you know, how can I lose this weight? How can I improve my cardiovascular health? How can I reverse type two diabetes? And the list goes on. Well, guess what? It's plant-based eating you can't overeat your plants because the calories are low and we don't have to count calories, but you're going to be increasing. And Gene, my gosh, I love the fact that in the interview, you brought up that when we eat plant-based, we're increasing the minerals of potassium and magnesium. And those are the things that really improve our heart and even our energy. And a lot of people still have not grasped that. But uh, you've nailed it on that one, buddy. Oh, well, thank you. I really <laughs> <laughs> And again, ladies and gentlemen, check uh, Amazon, check Barnes & Noble, check your local bookstores. Again, the book is called 72 Reasons to be Vegan, Why Plant-Based, Why Now? And Gene, the co-author is, is Kathy Freston. Yeah, Kathy I wrote several right. books on veganism as well. And she's also terrific and plant-based. I love that. Gene, I want to thank you for honoring us with your time, your knowledge, and getting us all excited about going plant-based. Well, thank you for having me. Seriously, I loved it. Ah, fantastic. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And if I can ask you a favor... 
please take 30 seconds to rate the show on iTunes. Thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. Just look up Dr. Bond's life-changing wellness on any streaming service, and you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. Again, thank you for listening to Life-Changing Wellness. We are known as a different kind of wellness show. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.